not your normal youth group. I just want to let you know that right now. And you may feel weird. Why do I always feel weird? Why can't they just do this? Make me come down in my seat and just do something. Because you know what? God is in this place and he's not okay with you just coming in and hiding. Because that's the thing that will hurt you. That's the thing that will kill you. Because guess what? The devil's encouraging you to hide. Don't do that. Don't do Guess who's speaking? Don't do that. Don't do that. And God is saying, hey, look. The, the, John 10, 10. What does the Bible say? The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. And it's sometimes through our praise that we'll break up. You have no idea what it's like when you praise God, even though you're in hard times, even though when things may go wrong, even though when you don't even feel God, when you praise God, something happens. The Bible is full of stories of David when he was going through hard times. You read the Psalms. And David is saying, I rejoice in your word, O Lord. You guard me for, your, for following your decrees is the way to life. And David is crying out. And you read about David saying all these things. Did you know that when David wrote a lot of his praises unto the Lord, he was in a time of battle and war when people wanted to kill his very life. And here is David, we read in the Psalms, when he's being attacked by Saul, he's over here, I sing unto you, O God, for you are my refuge. I, re I delight in knowing you. And David is singing, thinking about, he's singing in the time of war, and people are trying to kill him. What is wrong with this guy? Shouldn't he get a grip? Shouldn't he be afraid? Why is he singing right now? Why is he so happy? He says he's rejoicing. People are trying to kill you, David. Don't you get it? They're trying to kill you and your life. They don't like you. But here David is saying, he's like, I rejoice in the Lord. And so many times I feel that, that we can't rejoice in God. And you may have been to other youth groups where they come and they'll just let you sing. We'll sing a couple of songs and let you go by. But I'm teaching you this because in my own life and just in the lives of many that I know and just what the Bible teaches, the Father is looking for this. And I teach you, we might have these awkward moments, we might have these unsmooth moments, but to know and understand this all by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. God is looking down at us right now saying, hey, look, I want to teach them something. That if they get this right now, they'll go further. They'll understand me more. And then, you know what, they can, they can praise me. I just want to share a quick word, um, um, and then I'll get into what I have prepared for you, uh, just on praise and worship. There was a time when Jessica and Salvador, um, they're deacons here at this church, they're leaders here. Um, they were pregnant with a baby boy, and there were some complications, and Jessica had to go in early to deliver the baby. He was born premature very soon. It, it, the boy was very small, and um, it was a couple of weeks where it was up back and forth. They would get um, reports from the news um, or from the doctors, basically, like, he's going to be okay, he's looking better, it's not looking so good, this happened, a complication, we don't know where this came from, and it's back and forth, and here are these parents with a newborn, just like, God, they're praying, God, don't take my son, God, don't take my son, and then they're praying, it's just like, God, just save him, God, save him, and the long story short, um, the baby had passed, little baby passed, and it was a hard time for our leaders, and that's when we as a church came together and we encouraged them. And I know what you're thinking, like automatically, why did God take him? If they're praying against that, why did God take him? And so many questions we may have, and that probably that was the same question that Jessica and Salvador had. Why, God? Why? We, we've been knowing this boy. We had the expectancy of having a baby boy. I mean, Jessica, she was walking and she can feel him in the stomach like, I'm going to have a son. I'm, I'm going to have him. 
to die. Was that God's will? God is some, some cruel God. And bad things happen in our life. And, some, and so I remember when that happened. And God had used me to speak to just to Salvador. And he had come in and, you know, he was hurt. And he was getting counseling. And he was speaking to the leaders. And it was encouraging him. And it was a time of prayer. And this is when we had prayer before services. Um, when we had that one service still. I remember it was me, uh, Ricky, and Salvador, and um, we're praying. We're, we're just seeking the face of the Lord, and, and we're all holding hands, and we're just speaking in tongues. And I just felt the Lord just say, hey, tell him that it's in his praise. Tell him that he's, he's going to receive joy. He's going to know that I'm with him because right now he thinks I'm not with him. He thinks that I'm doing this like, to bother him. Let him know it's in his praise when he worships at me. That spirit of, of, of fear, that spirit of of rejection, that spirit of having no hope is going to leave him. Let him know. And, and I stopped, and we were, I, I said, man, Salvador, dude, I'm going to have to share this word with you. I just feel this on my heart, dude. And, and I just lay hands, and Ricky, we just lay hands. I feel, Lord, and I, and I share that word with him. And Salvador is, he's amending, you know, he's, he's feeling the Lord. And and I, I remember um, uh, I was here, I was worshiping on the stage, and I remember just Salvador just, you know, he responded off of that word. When God spoke, he's like, I'm good. And he was, he was at the altar, and I'm over here. I'm, I'm over here playing, and I'm watching this guy go crazy. Tears in his face, and he's crying after God. He's like, ah, oh, Jesus. Because there were some things in your heart that, you know, you didn't trust God. He did, I don't know. What, basically, he was going through these hard times. And you would, too, if you would lose your son or, or your child. And he was going after God. And I remember the next day I was in school. And he, and he writes me on Facebook. And he says, man, Adam, thank you so much for sharing that word. I now have freedom. I now have freedom in worship to worship God. I know that he works everything for my good. Was it God's will for his son to die? No. You think God will make people give babies so he can kill them? I learned this thing from a, from a man of God. Who did God leave in charge? If that was God's will, then why did God rebuke storms? Why did God rebuke? Like, oh, he wanted that to happen. He rebuked the storm. Obviously, he didn't want that. He's like, no, winds and waves, stop. Be calm. He raised Lazarus, his friend, from the dead. Oh, no, that's how it's supposed to be. He's supposed to die. Lazarus, get up. Walking. Jesus had the anointing of faith. He was God. But he's teaching his disciples the same thing. Walk in that anointing. Walk in faith. Pray. And when you think you lost all hope, have faith. Still have faith. Ask Salvador, if you ever have the chance, ask him what, what, you know, what God did in his life. And you know what he'll share? He'll share a testimony. Not a sob story. Not, this is why I, don't, I can't praise God. Or this is why I shake my head when we get into worship. Or this is why I, I can't do this. This is why it's so hard. He lost his son. But yet he praises God. He loves the Lord. And I felt that here today. It's just like so many things come and happen in our life. And they push us down. And they keep us in this place. And God is saying, hey, look, you can worship through that, break through that. And some of us, we're, we're just so, we're not accustomed to the things of God. 
we don't know God. We can't recognize God's presence. We can't recognize his spirit. So we're only at a place where it's just like this. And I don't feel it. I don't feel it because you don't recognize it. He's in this place. How come I can hear him clear as day? And then some of us, I don't understand. It's, and it's not because you're, well, um, um, well, yes, you're probably immature and you need more wisdom. But there's growth through that. I believe God's not trying to keep it from you. I believe he's, he's trying to give you his spirit, especially in a time of worship. I believe he's, he's trying to lead us as young. But if we have to get through that mentality, that notion that I need God. Some of us come with this place that I don't need God. I come here just to tell me just some things and I'll think about it and then I'll maybe do it. That's not the attitude to approach the scripture. When I come to the scripture, I come knowing that this is the word of God. I come with a sense of respect and awe. He's God. He's not just some person that come and slap behind the butt and say, Hey, what's up, Jesus? How are you doing? When I read the scripture, I come with a sense that he is an almighty God. Before there was time, before there was the world, there was God. Before I was born, there was God. The Bible says that he establishes kings and kingdoms. And when he speaks and when he comes, the mountains rise. The Bible says the mountains flee from his presence. Try to get a visual of that mountains running from God because of his, there's God, oh my gosh, there's the, there's the creator, like, in a sense, like, he is, is awesome. They bow before him. And some of us come up here and just like, it's God, and we treat him like nothing. I want to teach you today, there's one thing that you get out of this today, is when you approach God, when you deal with the things of God, you have a sense of fear and respect for the things of the Lord. I believe in having a great time in, in worship. I believe in having a fun time in, in doing things. But when it comes down to the word, when it comes down to it, this is the word of God. I don't just come and say, what, what can I get today? What make me feel good about myself? This is the word of God. The Bible says it penetrates through, through joint and marrow, dividing soul and spirit. Because whenever you bring the word of God, it brings someone to a choice. You make a choice. This is the word of God. And it always cuts through the excuses. It cuts through the pride. It cuts through that, that, that low self-esteem. It cuts right through it. This is the word of God. And it puts you at a place where you have to make a choice. Amen? And so this whole month we've been talking about the voice. And, and guys, next week is our back-to-school party. <laughs> I say party and some of us think like, what? What are you talking about? Next week is the opportunity for you guys to use your voice to invite someone to come so that they can hear about Jesus. I always preach on E-Nights about Jesus Christ. I always point it back to him because if I somehow get it in my own understanding that if I come with this extra special message and if I have extra notes and maybe some cool graphics, then they'll get it. I always have to come down. It's not when I read this word, I don't read how Adam is great, how Adam is an awesome speaker, how Adam's the best youth pastor, how Elevate is the best ministry in the world. I don't read that. When I read about this, I read about a God in heaven who is in control over my life and how I'm a servant to preach his word. I'm used. God uses me to preach his word. Amen. If you have questions, please keep your questions. Hold them because I'm just going off the Holy Spirit right now and we'll save those at the end. But I want to let you guys know that God has a way of reaching people and speaking to people and, and making his word plain to people. Amen. And the Bible used, the Bible says when Jesus came, he came and he had 12 close people and he called those people disciples. I'm talking about when Jesus went out, they went out. When Jesus was, was hanging out, they were hanging out. 
when Jesus was going from town to town, they were going from town to town. And the Bible even says that Peter, these men had lives, that they left their lives. They left everything that they had to follow Jesus. The Bible talks about Peter. He had a family. He had a wife. And for three years, he followed Jesus. He left everything behind. And it came to a point in the scripture where the disciples have now been with Jesus. And now they're getting a crowd because Jesus is healing people. There's some things happening around Jesus that you just don't see in your natural body that I believe the Bible says still happens today. And you guys need to hear about it. And I can just share testimonies that around the world there are people getting healed, getting out from wheelchairs. Not this like, I can walk. Not like they're getting out and they're jumping and they're shouting like, look, I can, I can. And they're crying before the throne of God. It's like, this is what God is doing in my life. Hallelujah. How many of you guys want to see that in this church? Amen. That's the same God today. It's not like he lost power. It's just us. When Jesus went to a town one time, he said, look, I can't do anything because they don't have any faith. He's not going to force like, you're going to get healed. I don't believe. He's not going to force himself upon you. Like when we come here, somehow we think that we get, like God comes inside of us just because we hear the word of God. You have a choice. Do you act on it? And here, are, the Bible talks about the disciples. And, and, and more so when I talk about disciples, I'm referring to you guys now. Because now we read of the works of the disciples. And I want to teach you guys about the lifestyle of the disciple and how disciples are a voice to this world. Jesus knew himself that he wouldn't be here forever. Amen. Can I have just the attention? Just come on me. Just going to forget about that. That just happened. Jesus knew he wasn't going to be here forever. He says, I can't stay here forever because you're going to get someone called the counselor and he's going to live inside of you. Now think about that. If Jesus was here and the Holy Spirit had not come, we'd all have to go to Jerusalem to get our healing. We'd all have to travel there because Jesus can only be at one place at one time. Right? I mean, when he's in the flesh, right? When we're talking about when he's in the flesh. He's God. We know that he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. His Holy Spirit. But we know that Jesus, when he came in the flesh, he could not be in two places at one time. He was in the flesh. He came as a human. The Bible says that he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. So he came down. He had limitations when he was here. You know, Jesus had to use the washroom. Are you getting me? So you understand that if, 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 well, if Jesus was here, then, then we wouldn't have to worry. Like, no, no, no. He says, now it's better that I leave because now God, the Holy Spirit, is coming to live inside of you. The Bible says that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And so many times we think that when we see things, that is the norm. Let me tell you, friends, that was never the norm. God made the world. The Creator made the world. We go by off the Bible. And He said it was good. And now that sin wants to make its way up into the headlines and force itself upon the church. And when we go back to school, that's all we see. And somehow the Christian has to get back in the closet. Hello. Hello. And somehow everybody's like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. And they'll say gay rights. And this is all right. And you know, we can do this. If we want to have sex, we can use condoms. It's safe sex. It is the right way. Or oh, we can do this. We don't have to read the Bible. And they'll come out and they say, this is what's right. When the creator who made the world said it was good, and we fell, and he's trying to restore us. And now the Christian is going back in the closet. Not this Christian. You can't put me in the closet. And Jesus was with men, and he raised them up, and he said, look. 
This, you're not going to hate the word. Some people think that Jesus' message was a hate message. It's completely opposite. <laughs> completely opposite from what Jesus is teaching. And you'll hear, well, Jesus hates because he only chooses certain people. Well, here's a problem. Sin. And the Bible says that for all, everybody say all. Everybody say all. Everybody. Everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. So who has sin? Everybody. All. And so what is the sacrifice for sins? What is the way to take that off? Jesus. You know what a sin is? A sin is disobedience towards God. And to think that God will sacrifice his own life for us. That before we were born, before we knew him, he came and laid down his life. He came and sacrificed his life for us. And we want to say he doesn't hate, he hates us. He doesn't, he doesn't love us. My friends, you don't understand what true love is. Your version of love is distorted. And, and here he's teaching his disciples, like you go out and you preach this message. But you let them know they need to repent. Because he doesn't somehow just give it to us just by association. Like we're in church, now we have forgiveness because I'm in church. It doesn't work like that. Because a lot of people, I'll tell you what, on the day of judgment, a lot of Christians are going to hell. A lot of so-called Christians are going to hell. And be careful that you're not counted among them. That you don't call yourself a Christian and you do everything a good Christian does, like come to church and, and raise your hand. Or even though you might feel awkward, it's like whatever. Don't be deceived. The Bible says, and Jesus said in Matthew, like even though they say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this? Did we not do this? And did we not do this? Why, why now? He's like, away from me, I never knew you. Isn't that a scary thing? That you just trust in your so-called Christianity. I don't place trust in my title of being a Christian. I place trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. My faith alone is not in my works, but my faith is in Jesus Christ. But because I have faith in Jesus Christ, that produces good fruit, good works. Amen. And so he's teaching his disciples, like, look, this is the lifestyle that you'll follow. And in, and in Matthew uh, 10... I'm not going to read it. It's just very long. He sends out the 12 and he says, look, I, I want you to practice it. Now he was setting them up. He's like, look, you're going to go back into the world and you're going to have to teach. You're going to have to share this news. And he was letting them know, look, look, go out. Don't take anything with you. Just go out and preach. And if they accept you, let your peace fall on the house. If they don't wipe the dust off your feet. Wipe your dust off your feet. Don't be Jesus knew that there were going to be people that when the disciples came up to him, was like, I don't want this. No, no, I'm, I'm fine. The Messiah, that Jesus guy? Yeah, right. Jesus knew that then. There were people that re rejected Jesus then. Seeing him do all these miracles and still reject. People say that, oh, if I see Jesus do a miracle, then I'll believe. It's not true. They were seeing Jesus do miracles and they still didn't believe. He has your card. It's through repentance. And so he's speaking, he's training up disciples, those he's loved. And I'm telling you, these men, they weren't like the most outstanding men you can find. They weren't like the all-stars of, you know, the fishing, because the Bible says they were fishermen. Some were tax collectors. Some were zealots. 
A zealot was a person at that point in time. Rome was over the, the city, over Israel, that nation. And there was these zealots that rose up like they had these national pride. Like, we don't, we don't want Rome over us. It would be like the sense, like, let me give you an example. Uh, Puerto Rico was a commonwealth. We're connected with, uh, with America. It's like these people who are super Puerto Rican, like, we don't need America anymore. We can do this on our own. It'd be something similar like that. He had people, radicals like that. And he had young men. John was a young boy, 16 years old, some people think, following Jesus. And he sends them out. He's like, go tell them, go tell them. And he says, what is the message he tells them? He says, and preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. He said, go do this. And he, he let them, he, he allowed them to go, and they were doing these things. And, and it's awesome. I, and sometimes we think that we as disciples, as Christians, our place is in these chairs. Don't you feel like that sometimes? Not at this church, because I know we make it about connect, mentor, and send. A good church, a good pastor would tell you, like, your place is not in that chair. Because the moment you start sitting in that chair, you sit down, what happens is you start to smell. You start sitting and just, well, I don't do anything. Your faith starts to stink. You'll have attitude problems. You'll have problems with your leaders. And it's not problems with your leaders. It's a wisdom problem. It's more of a problem that you have to, like, well, it's in me. That's what happens when your faith is just sitting there. It just gets, it just gets stale. It just gets there. The Bible says he flows through like a river. Amen. And so, and so Jesus is with these disciples, and I'm telling you what, if you're in this place and you don't feel qualified as a disciple, I'll tell you this right now. Judas, out of the 12, there was one that betrayed Jesus. Betrayed Jesus and, and led him into the hand of his captors and those who killed him. Have been with him for three years, seeing the healings and everything. And it's possible for you to turn your back on God. Don't believe that stuff. Once you pray a prayer, you're always saved. Don't believe that. You can lose your salvation. Isn't that a scary thing? The Bible talks about Samson, a judge, that he had the Holy Spirit. And it's a story in the Bible in the Old Testament about the strong man, how he used to do some crazy things in the name of the Lord. He had strength, and God gave him strength. But when he gave in to temptation, when he gave in to that lust, the Bible says that, the Holy Spirit left them. And, and, and there was this one story and, and, and before Samson would go out and fight the Philistines. And, and as before, because he had strength, he would beat them off. And he would win. But when the Holy Spirit left him, the Bible says that Samson left as he always did. But he had not known that the Holy Spirit had left him. And so when he fought against the Philistines, he, he was captured. They came and they tortured him. The Holy Spirit had left them. Isn't that a scary thing that the Holy Spirit, God will leave you. He is a gentleman. He does not force his way upon you. He does not. He does not control you. That's what kind of God would that be? He gives you a choice. To love, to choose him. Why did he give me a choice? I would rather have a choice than be a robot. Like, this is what I'm going. Do you understand? Because he loved you, he gave you a choice. Like he wasn't some kind of mean dictator. God, this is what you have to do. But in your choice, in the choosing of God, he reveals to you his plan and purpose. I love that because, it, because you know, he keeps it real. Some of you guys come here to church once in a while. I don't see you half the time. Don't know what you're doing. Watch your Facebook. I know what you're doing there. 
And I'm thinking to myself, why don't they get it? And I know it's probably high school. There's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of things everybody else is doing. And we fall into that same peer pressure. We don't want to look foolish in front of people. There's a story of Peter, one of the disciples, who was close with Jesus. And the time before Jesus was crucified, they were sitting together, and Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to reject me. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter was like, he got offended, like, what, Jesus? Are you serious? Jesus, I would never do that. How could you even think about, I would never disown you. You will. Jesus, I will not. And sure enough, when, when they're taking Jesus through the city, through the procession, um, there's, there's, there's people that see Peter. And a woman goes up to him. Aren't you the one that was with this so-called Jesus? Woman, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's walking away. And some people are like, wait a minute. I promise you, you're one of those people that were around him, his close companions. I do not know this Jesus. And he starts to curse. He's like, look, I don't know him. Leave me alone. And, they're, and at this point in time, they're crucifying Jesus. And then a third time, no, this is one of them. He is one of the Galileans. He was one of them who was with Jesus. I do not know this Jesus. Rooster crows. At that point in time, Peter had remembered the word of the Lord saying, you're going to deny me three times. And he was filled with grief that he went, that he denied his Messiah. And he went to a place to grieve. We hear that story. We remember that story about Peter denying Jesus. And then Jesus comes back from the dead, as only Jesus can do. You thought just when there was no hope, when it was just dark, and the Bible says that the disciples were together, and just like, I could just picture it. They're in this room, and just like, there goes Jesus, our Messiah. He's, he's dead. And the Bible has an unmarked that he, Jesus comes through as if it were a ghost. Imagine if someone were to come through that door without opening the door, but just, you think you'd see a ghost. And they did not recognize who it was. And he tells them, hey, look, don't be afraid. Because they were, they're afraid. Imagine if you would see someone coming through a door. Don't be afraid. And he has to say it again. Who are you? It's like, don't be afraid. It is I. And as soon as they said that, their eyes were open. They saw Jesus. And they said they placed their hands. To, they saw his hands. And Jesus was there with them. And then, and Jesus had asked Peter three times to restore him three times. He asked, Peter, you love me. Jesus, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, I love you. I, you know I Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. I love you. He asked him three times to restore him. From the three times he had denied him. God is in the business of restoring you. Do you know that? Get that here today. When we have these times of worship and we want to, God's in the business of bringing you close to him here, to know him here. These same experiences that the disciples had, you can have it here. As I was worshiping, one of the things that helped me get to this place, I just saw a newborn baby. 
And a father, I didn't know who the guy was. I just saw this a father. He was just dressed nice, like he just got off of work. And he, he was excited to come home. And, and he told his son, just a baby boy and a, and a father just walking. And the father, the father smiling all over. I, I don't know who it was, but I had this visual, this picture. And God is saying, let them know that right now. This is how I see them. At that point in time, that baby has no idea what's going on. He probably doesn't even care. He's just excited that he's in his father's arms. And when you come home, the baby's probably a little, you, I'm just just off of knowledge, when he can get older and understand that's his father, he'd come and run up. And those moments, those embraces, just those times with the father are so precious. These disciples, that's who they were to God. They were precious. You are precious to God. Don't let nobody tell you. You know, sometimes people tear us down. You go to school, and I'm telling you, they'll make fun of you quick. It's vicious. I mean, you get made fun of quick, even if it's your friend. It's just like they'll put you down. It's like, dang, dude, don't, don't do that. It's, that kind of stings coming from you. And we'll get tore down, and we'll start believing some of these lies, and we'll start acting out. Dude, you're weird. Am I weird? You start becoming more shy, you know, less social, but really you are a social person. You like to hang out with people. But because you think that you were, because someone said it, you'll start acting it. No, I'm not weird. Am I weird? And you'll get so offended by things, and it'll just keep you bringing you down. And, and if these disciples were loved by God, and I'll tell you, elevate your love by God. These same disciples that are with Jesus in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came down and came upon them. Amen. They came upon them. I was started speaking in tongues. And they went out, and, and Peter preached in this whole month. We heard from John the Baptist. What did he say? Started with an R. What did John the Baptist preach? Repent. Everybody just say that word on three. One, two, three. Just repent. One, two, three. And Jesus, when he came along in Matthew 4, 17, what did he preach? Repent, repent. And guess what? Guess what happens? Acts 2, when the disciples go out and they're preaching, guess what they say? Verse 38, Peter replied, repent. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He doesn't change his mind. It's not like, no, you don't have to repent. No, he's like, Peter, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I like looking at it like this. Well, I can't speak in tongues today. He says it's a gift. You ever get something you don't like that was a gift? You didn't want it? You had a choice whether you want, you want it or not. Even though it was a gift, it's like, I don't really want it. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Why can't we look at the Holy Spirit like that? I'm not sure if I want people. It's your choice. Amen? The Bible says that the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for whom the Lord our God will call. These same disciples, they're saying, hey, look, now you're going out and being a voice. Now, Elevate, I want to tell you, I want to give you three things. Three things, and then we'll close in prayer. But I want us to just focus on that heart. Number one, fix your eyes on Jesus. You have to have faith. What does faith look like? That, that's the best part about faith. You, you have faith. But what is it? You trust, you believe, you have hope in God. So many people blame God when they put their faith in themselves. You get that? He's saying, look, your faith is not in yourself. 
Well, I can be a better person if I just do me. Everybody's into the saying that. I'm going to do me. Yeah, you do you. You look good doing you all the way to hell. Can I get an amen? He's not, he's not, Jesus didn't say, go ahead and, and do you. He said, repent. <laughs> he says, turn away from what you do. Amen. That means you turn, oh, like, this is you doing you. He says, repent. You stop doing you. You do it Jesus' way. Amen. So many people are like, well, I have to do it. It's like, no, when you become born again, you die to your own rights. Now, somewhere in that combination, what comes across is that you're not going to have fun. And that God is some kind of joy stealer. It's just some joy monger that he takes everyone's joy. Oh, the devil has so twisted the good things of the Lord. He's twisted it. He's twisted it. He made marriage. He made man and woman. The devil has come and twisted it so you have no joy. Well, I'm in love. Well, I, I can be with another woman. I can be with another guy. This is love. And how, how come God didn't do that? He doesn't, God is a hating God. He doesn't love us then. The devil come and twisted it. No, you can do this. It's okay. Well, 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 I don't understand. Well, why is this happening in my life? Like, well, he, he's doing it because of this. And, and we start believing these lies. I'll tell you what. God loves the homosexual. If Bible says, for God so loved the world. It doesn't say in parentheses, just to, he loves the world. But here's the thing. There's a sin problem. Whether for the murderer, whether for the thief. Some of us in here have a constant problem with lying. You know who you are. Not me. You're lying right now. And, and that's a sin as well. We think sometimes, well, well, I'm not sleeping. I'm not killing anybody. But you constantly lie. Come on now. It's a sin. It separates you from God. Amen. So we have to understand this one thing. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You need to have faith. I, this is what it is. Number two, get rid of all compromise. Sin is sin. You guys are just getting a revelation from the Lord. Sin is sin. You're getting that right now. This is what it is. Sin is sin. Amen. I'm going to cuss up a storm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. You're in sin. And uh, Pastor Joe preached it on Monday. We went to Faith where we had a joint chapel. And he said, you can't change the definition on sin. I love that. So many people change the definition of what is right and wrong. There's no changing the definition. You can't change the book. Go to the end of the Bible. It says, anyone who takes away or adds on to this book, may he forever be damned. Dang. Don't add on, don't take away. It is what it is. Amen. Call sin, sin. It's what it is. Call a spade to spade. I like doing that when you're honest with somebody. Like, hey, dude. Hey. You need to take a shower. Why? Because you stink, dude. When's the last time you took a shower? It's none of your business. I smell good. I put an axe on today. You stink. Had to do that sometimes in high school. Some of these guys smell. Hey, guess what? Your spiritual walk, it stinks, dude. 
your life with the Lord, you're not, the Bible says you give off an aroma that's pleasing unto God. Yeah, you stink, dude. You, you smell. Hey, hey, hey. That's, that's not pleasing unto God. That's nasty. Everybody go, that's nasty. Yeah, that's nasty, all right. You don't think, <laughs> God has a sense of smell. I'll put it like this. Like, the Bible says it's a, it's a fragrance. It's an aroma unto God that when we worship, that we offer up our praise, that's what it comes out to. You know, sometimes when, when mom is cooking and you hungry, <laughs> you hungry. <laughs> you get home and you, you smell it. It's pleasing unto your body. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's good. It's just like your stomach starts to talking. Like it's telling you it's good. Mm, yeah, it's good. That's what it's like to God. When we worship God, it's like it's pleasing unto him. Some of you guys are here filled of the devil. Bible's, I think I'm calling you guys names. These kids call me devil. I'm going to read this to you. First John 3. It says this. No one who has been born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who are the children of the devil. Oh. He's, he's calling people out. He wasn't like... like. <laughs> I'm going to read that again. Praise the Lord. This is how we know who children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Oh, I can be a Christian. You want the title, but you, you don't have the heart. And God says he wants your heart. You can have a title. Everybody has a title. There's a lot of backslidden Christians in youth group right now that are worshiping God. And they may be leaders. I don't care who they may be. They may come and preach to you. If they're backslidden, they're backslidden. They need to repent. And it does not change for us over here like I don't have to repent because only pastors and preachers know. It's the same message. Get rid of sin. Get rid of compromise. Repent and be forgiven. I'd rather be in the right with God than be in the wrong. And if your friend is causing you to do the wrong, you may love them. But right now, if they are a bigger influence on you than you are to them, separate yourself. The Bible says that good company, bad company corrupts good character. So if you have just your own life, separate yourselves. You want to do this the right way? You want to do it God's way? You want to keep on coming up? Well, I have a problem. I keep on doing it. Separate yourself from some people and start getting around people of God. Amen? Disciples. And number three, walk out your faith. I can't do it for you. I can't walk out Vince's walk of faith for Vince. He's going to have to walk it out. He's going to have to trust God in his promises. Well, I just got kicked out of my house. Will this just happened to me. Walk out your faith. Here's the best part. In every and any season that you're in, God has enabled you. The Bible says that there is no temptation, no temptation that has seized you. Well, it's too much. I can't do it. No temptation has seized you. No, you don't understand. This is different. Then if what you're saying is true, that means that your word is above the word of God. And let me tell you something. Your word is not above the word of God. What's happening is you're believing in your own word over the word of God. Amen? 
That's why there is no change. That's why you feel the way you do. And that's why, well, I'm never going to get any better because you believe your own word. I want you to do this as an exercise and just to practice how to speak out faith. It's just not hopelessly saying things, but speak it out like, hey, you know what? I am going to not argue with my parents today. You know what? I'm going to listen to my leaders today. You know what? I will not give in to lust today. You know what? I not, will not be prideful today. You know what? I will believe in God's word. I will believe that someone's going to get saved today. Hello. This is the word of God. If you can stand to your feet with me in closing. I've said all that to say this. God is good. Isn't he? How many of you guys learned something today? Amen. Now this is what it is in worship. I'm going back to that. I'm going to finish with that. In worship, there's so many things that have been impressed in us in our mind that we can't sort of fix. Guys, I want to say, like, be free like a bird. And it may seem funny, but that's exactly what I saw when I was trying to think about it. I closed my eyes and like a little bird going off a cage. He flew away. I remember I had a bird. <laughs> that's a great story. I remember I had a bird. And we didn't clip its wings. It could still fly. And <laughs> you know <laughs> The thing used to bite, and I had smaller hands, so it would hurt when it, like, tried to pet it, like, you know what I mean? So you'd always try to play with it, see if it would bite you. So I got smart one day. I might have been, what, eight years old, seven, something like that. Didn't know you're not supposed to be squeezing birds. Hey, hey, the Lord forgives me. Anyways, I remember I got smart for the bird. I put on rubber gloves because it can't bite through. You know those yellow rubber gloves your mom used to clean the, the kitchen with? It doesn't hurt if he tries to bite you then. I remember I got one of those on. And uh, I go inside the cage. I grab the bird. And he starts biting. I didn't feel it. I was like, aha. Uh-huh. So I bring this thing out of the cage. And I remember just like, it's, it's going crazy. Just trying to bite my hand off. And it's not hurting. And I'm over here just, I just wanted to pet the bird. I just wanted to play with the bird. But you don't play with birds like you play with dogs, okay? You understand? It's not like you can go fetch. It's not like you do that. Like Birds are birds. They're more to look at. That's the kind of pet that you have. It's more like a decoration. It's not one of these things you pet it, you talk to it, you go fetch. No, no, no. You feed it, of course, but. And I remember just, where am I? Okay. I was like, where am I going with this point? Okay. Grabbing the bird out. And there was this one time where I was just like, well, I'm holding him here. He's biting my hand so I can pet him over here. I need to do that. Like pet him on the back side. Make sure you couldn't reach my hand because that would hurt. And just petting him. I was like, oh, he's, he's not biting me anymore. Maybe he's calmed down. And so I pet him. This thing goes right from my and I get scared. Whoa! And I let go, and he starts to fly. And I'm over here like he had a name. I don't remember the name for whatever reason. But I'm calling it back. How do you guys know that thing is not coming back? It's like, come, come here. It's, it's, not, it's, it's flying around the kitchen looking for something to land on, doing circles around the fan. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh. Like it was free. Like forget this guy with that rubber glove always grabbing me. Probably grabbed it too hard, squeezing it like pretty birdie, pretty birdies. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your pastor. But it was it wasn't coming back. So literally, we had to get this thing tired where it could not fly anymore. And it was Tito. It was, it was, it was, it was just just 
hop away now. We grab it and put it in the cage. And don't ever do that again, Adam. You you have all your bird privileges are gone and couldn't play with the bird anymore. But I just remember how free that bird was for those five, ten minutes that it was free for. <laughs> that thing was gone. Flying away. It's just like it wasn't coming back. And so many times in, in our life, that's how we are. Like the devil comes and he leaves us in a cage and we're caught in a life of sin. And because we're not telling anybody, we're not confessing, we don't, we think that if we keep it to ourselves and just think and believe in ourselves, it'll go away. But what ends up happening is the devil keeps us in there. And whenever he wants to shame us, he'll bring us out and he'll squeeze us in like, look, this is my bird. This is what I have here. And he has like a death grip on you. And that sin, whatever it is in your life, and whatever thing you may be going through, it may not be a sin. It can be like a, 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 a fear of failure. It, it can be something like that. He comes out and he's, but God is saying, look, you're free. Everybody go like this. You're free. God, God, he, he, see, the devil is trying to clip your wings, keep you locked up, caged up. But God is saying, you are my disciples. You have a voice. I challenge those who were earlier here today in prayer to bring one friend next week. One friend next week. Someone asked, can they be an imaginary friend? No, they cannot. We need to be able to feel them. We're not going to feel on them, but you know what I mean. Amen. Are you guys learning something here today? You want to be free like a bird. Like, what did you learn today? I'm free like a bird. No. But when it comes to worship, guys, in closing, and we're just going to have a time of prayer. And Ellie, you can just uh, put I'm coming your way. And then we're going to close, guys. And just after we're done praying, guys, it's not going to be anything fancy. We're just going to pray and let God do this because here's the best part. The best part is this. You don't have to wait every Friday to come in and be free like a bird. You walk out of here, you're free. Amen? Amen? Look, you can go back home. The Bible says in your in your quiet place, you close the door. You don't go bragging. Like, you don't go into the sala where your mom is. Everybody's like, Jesus! You stomping your feet to show off like you can pray. No, no. You go in your room where no one's seeing you, where God sees you. And it's only you and God. And be real with Him there. And guess what? He meets you. Oh, my gosh. He meets you in the prayer closet. So I just want us to close our eyes right now. Whatever issue you may be dealing with, this is our focus right now. What we want to pray for is this. God has released you. God has set you free. You want someone to know about the goodness, the love of Jesus Christ. We want to know more about him. And just pray for people right now. just want you to pray that God would use you to be a voice. Some of us, we have our own selfish ambitions. We can only see ourselves and we can't see Jesus. If, if you've been prideful, I just want you to repent from that. It's not where we're going to start yelling over you and just getting goosebumps. Just, just repent from pride. God, look, I made it all about myself. I made coming to ch- church all about myself. God, help me see you. Help me see your cross. Help me be saved. Help me live out my, my faith. Help me to be a voice. Come on. Father, Lord, I pray over every student here, God, in the area, and the walk, Father, in the things that their life, that they're dealing with, that they're struggling with, God. 
Lord, give them peace. God, give them wisdom in Jesus' name. Come on, just ask for wisdom. Like, how do I go about it? How do I live safe? How do I be a Christian at, at, at school? How, do I, how can I be a Christian in my house ask God for wisdom wisdom is basically knowledge and God is going to teach you like look God give me knowledge so that I can understand what I am doing how to do it but God it's hard to be a Christian at home it's hard to be a Christian at school God give me wisdom on how to live for you come on guys just don't you don't have to make it so complicated we sometimes think like we're waiting for God to speak speak out just ask God for it Come on, you have not because you ask not, the Bible says. You need to ask him for it. Come on, I'm going to give you the next minute. I'm going to give you the next minute. Just ask God for it. Just come on. Father, we're coming your way. Jesus, we're coming your way. Holy Spirit, you're coming your way. Oh, Lord, use us, God. We don't want to pray empty prayers and not mean it, God. Father, I pray that you would convict hearts today, God, that people would see you, Father, God, and people know that if they don't have your son, Jesus Christ, Father, they would end up in an eternity in a lake of fire. God, we pray, Lord that you would keep us cross-eyed, Father, that we would see your cross, that, God, we wouldn't be discouraged, we wouldn't become discouraged, but, Father, God, in our discouragement, that we come to you, God, and you give us boldness and give us peace. Do it for every person in this youth group. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, and everybody said, come on, give them a hand clap of praise. You can leave the song on the back. I love that song. Do me the favor, just make your way back to your seat very quickly. We just want to go through some things. Teaching you guys. Adam. <laughs>